0: recording studio at Wimberley Road. Welcome to Extraordinary Joe's, where we tell the extraordinary stories of ordinary people, just like you and me. Each week, we'll sit down with a special guest and hear the story of their life, career, and lessons they've learned along the way. After spending some time with our guests, you just might realize that your next extraordinary story is well within reach. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's get started. Today's special guest is Edison Fernandez. Edison is an educator, an author, and originally hailing from Bogota, Colombia. He has a fascinating story. Edison is truly one of the most genuine and authentic people that I've ever had the privilege of knowing, and I'm so excited for him to share his story today. Edison, if you're ready, we'll jump right in.
1: I am ready. Thank you, Uh, Brian.
0: All right. How about a coffee or tea for you, Edison?
1: Well, I have the Colombian stigma, so I have to stick with coffee.
0: <laughs> uh, black or cream and sugar?
1: Oh, black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, favorite Saturday activity? Well, it all depends. It's always um, the mood that tells me. It sure. can be being outside walking or maybe inside painting if it's rainy. Uh, I do spend a lot of time on YouTube.
2: Okay, <laughs> uh,
0: just like going down the YouTube rabbit hole? Or yeah, yes, exactly, <laughs> yes.
1: You never know where you end up when you go on YouTube, you know? Uh, okay, book you're reading
0: or book you've recently read that you've enjoyed?
1: Well, recently I read a book about Paolo Coelho, which is kind of interesting. It's kind of this positivist in, uh, on, on his literature. Yeah. Um, at one point, when I was in college, kind of the... How do you say this? The trend was to despise that kind of literature, mm-hmm. but uh, I did read it with my son, and we actually enjoyed it. So we're gonna be reading another one. See what happens.
0: Is yeah. this uh, like a sort of like a biography, or?
1: Well, it is supposed to be like that. It is about a journey and um, mainly trying to give you um, lessons for life. Much okay, that's
0: what it is, yes. Is have you read The Alchemist that he wrote?
1: Exactly, that's the one that I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's yes, Um there's another one, uh called the Pilgrimage, which is okay. the one we just started reading. Okay. Yes.
0: And I think there's another one, maybe I'm probably gonna get the title wrong. Like the fifth mountain or something mountain. Um but he yeah, I really enjoy his writing.
1: Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> um
0: how about a, a morning person or a night person? <laughs>
1: This is the strangest thing. I hate being a morning person when I have to get up early. I think this happens to everybody, I guess. <laughs> but then in the mor uh, on on the weekends when I need to I want to sleep late, yes. I wake up early.
0: That's exactly
1: so, yes. and with age, um things have changed, you know, and this again think happens to everybody. Um I used to stay up really late. And now I go to bed earlier. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Favorite place to travel?
1: Uh, so hard. (laughs) I always want to go to what I call home. Um, so I always go to Colombia and go to this little town called Villa de Leyva. I do love it. Um, fortunately I've been having experiences going so many other places that I want to go back. Yeah. But, um, like this summer, I went to... This might be surprising. Um, I went to Paris for the first time. Okay. And I found it a little overwhelming. Too much art. <laughs> oh, really? Lost sensitivity. <laughs> uh, just <laughs> because art it's art is just amazing and everywhere, yes. Yeah. But I found this uh, medieval city called Avignon. I think everybody yeah. knows it. And uh, this is an anecdote. We were there with my son... And guess who was down there? Obama who? and his whole family.
0: Oh, no way.
1: We didn't see him. Okay. <laughs> we think we saw the entourage, but everybody in the town was talking about that. Uh, he was there for the summer for like six days or something yeah. like that. Yep. So, okay.
0: Finish this sentence. People are...
1: Oh, hard to understand. <laughs> That's a
0: good one. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll leave that one there. How about um, a small thing that makes you happy?
1: Wow, spending time with myself, for sure. Yeah. And and also solitude.
0: Sure. We'll get to this in detail more, but how about one thing that you wish people knew about Bogota?
1: That it is safer than most think. Mm. Well, some places, not all of them. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I've heard that a lot about um, one of the uh, ladies that I work with. I, I believe either I believe her family's from Colombia, and maybe and I don't know the area very well, but I think sort of that same area. And I've heard I've heard her mention that a lot. And and then with um, with I don't know if you've seen some of these, but like uh, that some of the shows on Netflix that have been out in the last several years, like Narcos, and some of these oh, shows that so many yeah. talk about Pablo Escobar. Um, I've just heard a lot of people who are from there or familiar with the area kind of lament the way that it, it, not that it, I guess is entirely untrue, but the way that it makes people think of that area now.
1: Oh, for sure. Yes. Uh, I do believe that um, most ideas people have about Colombia and many other places around the world are given by media, by yeah. Netflix and Hollywood. And that's the way they make money. You know, Yeah. people more or less live in some kind of peace here. And they need to have a little bit of that disruption, at least on the screen. <laughs> sure. So um, it is shown to uh, to them, and then they believe that. Yeah. You know, and we have to carry with that stigma and that label all the time as well. But um, Colombia is a beautiful country. It is, it is amazing. And of course, I am biased being You're from right. there. Um, but um, on the other hand, I have to say that I have little... Patriotism I don't know if I'm saying the word correctly, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't believe blindly because I do think that I didn't do anything to belong or to be born in that country, like you know nobody chooses that. it just right. happens by faith, it happens just by chance, you know, sure, so I think it's kind of silly to say, "Oh, country, Colombia, I'm gonna die for it, Not really, I could have been born in, I don't know the Philippines. Easily, right. Belarus,
2: who knows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah.
0: All right, Elsa, uh, Edison, you survived the aggressive hello. Um All oh, right. <laughs> can you can you tell uh, the audience a little bit about who you are and um wh- what you enjoy and some of your passions?
1: Oh, definitely. Um I'm a 45-year-old man. I'm a proud parent. I only have one child by decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm an educator I've been teaching for a while more than a decade now I do love painting and following art all around I think I have no business with music I love music like <laughs> everybody else does That's a human universal but I have not even a pinch of talent for music <laughs> I can't sing, I can't play any instrument, it's kind of sad <laughs> But I do enjoy it, like I enjoy theater, and I enjoy every aspect of art. I love traveling, but I hate flying, which becomes a big issue, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it gets in the way. Um, I like writing, I'm like a duck, I think, and this is kind of uh, negative, actually, because, you know, Ducks can fly, but they are not the best flyers. Right. They can walk, but they are not the best walkers. <laughs> they can be in the water, but they are not the best swimmers. So, <laughs> I want to be everywhere, doing everything, but I feel like I never get to that point. And that's one of the frustrations I, I have with myself. Um, right. What else can I tell you? <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: like I like that it, analogy. Um, oh okay <laughs> i really do i've never heard <laughs> i never heard it that way yeah uh, I, feel, I feel that i way.
1: don't walk like that though <laughs> <laughs> um
0: let's let's first of all uh just for the folks listening you and i met um in lagrange of um, all places yes yeah <laughs> going through a uh, uh it's called a master's of arts in teaching so we we're both um getting our a master's, master's degree Was well, yeah yeah um becoming teachers and then um i guess we're around the area uh, a little bit afterwards and then our paths kind of uh diverged but um so uh a little bit about education what what have you noticed edison in uh in the classroom that has changed uh since you started teaching
1: well um i think this is happening with everybody the distraction is really high, there are so many things that are more interesting for teenagers these days that make make it hard for them to be on top of things, you know? Yeah. We, are, we all are bombarded all the time with media and with uh, videos and music and video games, which is a good thing. The problem is that we don't know how to handle it. Right. You know? it's It's just that. So that, for one thing, I feel like there is a lot of uh, more paperwork, maybe. Mm -hmm. There is less room for teachers to do their teaching. Sure. I think Um, everything is more structured or more, uh, what what would be the word for that? More strict. Yeah. So there's little room for us to do things. But um, if you love teaching, you stick there.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I, I really haven't even thought about this until you said those two things back to back. But it's interesting that um, as a as a society, in some ways, with the technology, it, we're becoming um, sort of more fluid and um, I don't want to I don't know that we're becoming more creative, but there's just sort of more things happening around us, less structure, right? There's more yes. to get into. Yes. And then within education, uh, and I don't know if it's just a coincidence or on purpose by the People in charge, but within education, the structure is increasing. Uh, yeah. At least on the teachers, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, how do you how do you manage that in your classroom, Edison, with your students? Or?
1: <laughs> That's the other thing. You know, <laughs> every day we try to become more and more creative. Uh, yeah. I, in my personal experience, try to become a little bit, bit more of a clown. You, you know, do. I is have that to what you be said? the TikTok. I have, uh, yes. Yeah. I have to be the Instagram, I have to beat <laughs> that phone, and it's really, really hard. Yeah. You know, you have to build that rapport from the very beginning, but you lose them, you know? It's a yeah. constant fight. Oh, come on, you just have to use the phone at the right time. Right. right now I'm here, please. <laughs> Don't make me compete with that, because I know I'm going to lose. Sure, yeah. I can't not compete against the iPhone yeah. or the Android. <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: And you're you're teaching Spanish,
1: I am at this moment. I am at the high school level. Okay, which and is I'm, a roller coaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, one of my, you know, if I had a life, if I had a sort of a bucket list, one of them would be to learn Spanish. Um, I mean, I've I've constantly told myself I want to do this. I want to do this. Um, what what advice would you give to someone like me who wants to? to learn Spanish to a point where, you know, maybe not fluency, but to be able to have some uh, general basic conversation.
1: Yeah. I believe that learning another language is just uh, such a common desire. It's almost like losing weight or making more money. Yeah. (laughs) You have, you say that to yourself. I say that to myself, but I don't really get motivated. Right. So the first thing is to find all those motivations to make me do it. Mm. And I can give you several reasons why you should learn another language. You know? The first one is when you learn another language, you understand your own and you appreciate your own even more. Mm. You know? So if you're an English speaker, you will understand your language even better, which is interesting. Yeah. Another um, advice that I can give or another thing that I can mention is that when you learn another language it becomes way easier for you to learn more languages, mm. right? And yeah. for Spanish, uh, there is a huge advantage because being a Romance language, you it would be easier for you to learn uh, Italian or French or Portuguese, even Romanian, which is kind of crazy. People don't think about that, but Romanian is a Romance language.
3: Mm.
1: I can give you an example. I'm going to count to 10 in Spanish. Okay. Okay? And you will see how similar it is to, let's say, Italian. Okay? Okay. So in Spanish it goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Right? Now listen in Italian 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Very similar, right? And yeah. if I look at French, you know, numbers in French, they are also similar. Okay? So yeah. it, it is an advantage. Now, going back to your question, sorry if I'm no, like no, going I love too this. far, um, but the best advice I can give is don't focus on grammar, that is very boring, just go straight to the point, um, try to learn the expressions to say what you mean to say, what you want to say, and then once you have the basis to survive, go, go to a place and stay there for a month uh, and okay. learn, Yeah, unfortunately. I, you know, I did all my English learning in college really. I mean, I took English in um uh, in high school, but it was too poor, too basic. Teachers, you know, they gave whatever they could. Yeah. But that was it. We didn't have native speakers in our classrooms for, you know, I do remember a teacher teaching me apple instead of apple. Uh. Imagine that. <laughs> and Being the stubborn person that I am, when I went to college and then the professor said, Apple, I was arguing. I was (laughs) like, wait, it's Apple," And I had a really good argument for that. (laughs) Look, this is the alphabet. So, you know, A, B, C, do you see? A, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Apple. Did you go to college
0: here in the United States?
1: I did my undergraduate in Colombia. Okay. And then, as you know, I came to the U.S. and I did my master's with you. Yeah. the Greenwich College, yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, how about um your journey Edison from uh, Colombia to the States? Can you um share a little bit about your upbringing and I'm fascinated by this, by your upbringing in Colombia and then uh how you how you got here to the United States?
1: You want me to go back to the very beginning? Take it to the very, <laughs> to oh, the very good. <laughs> beginning. Good. I was born in Bogota, which is the capital. Yeah. At that time, it was a really, it was the largest city, um, but it only had like 1 million people. Compared to today, it has around 10. Oh, wow, yeah. It is bad. It is crazy how fast it grew and, you know, it brings all these issues. But um, I am the oldest of three. I have one younger brother and a younger sister. I became orphan at the age of 13 from both my parents. I went to a boarding school after that for a year with my brother. It was an all-boys school. And then I went to live with my aunt. And then as soon as I could, we, my brother and I went to live to a little apartment whenever we could rent. And this is kind of crazy because we got an apartment rent when I was 16. Oh, wow. That probably was illegal, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happened. We did. Yeah. We lived by ourselves. We kept working and going to school At that point, we knew the only thing that was going to help us was education. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I went into into this path. I believed at that time that education was going to take me out of that bad situation. You know, I didn't have anybody. My family has always been very, very supportive. But, uh, but, you know, it's not the same. Um, I also have to say that another big reason that made me... Want to be educated and do something else and go somewhere else was because people were looking at me with pity, mm. even in my own family. You know, oh, poor kids, what's going to happen with their life? Yeah, they don't have anybody anymore. Oh, they won't be able to go to school. Kind of proving people, <laughs> sure, that we could do something. And you know, we yeah. being blessed right. by um, also trying and being given you know yeah so i went to college and we worked odd jobs my brother and i my brother also went to college and he finished and he's a professional he's an engineer uh it was rough it took us a long time but we we managed to graduate how did i end up in the us when i was in college my last year i was working at the office for my career Uh, I was helping with, you know, archives and files and things like that at the office after class. And the person in charge said, hey, there is this program for you to go. It's an exchange program to come to work at a Christian camp in the U.S. It's not really an exchange. I came, but nobody goes. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a cheap way to find counselors to work for the summer. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I applied. At that time, the 90s... Uh, no, it was the beginning of the 2000s. It was still really, really hard to get a visa. Okay. You know, we were just getting out of the Pablo Escobar times and all that. So it was really, really difficult. Even today, it's complicated to get a visa. You have to demonstrate that you have a lot of money, that you have ties with the country. And what is funny is that I didn't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> And I was granted a visa to come to the US. I came to the summer camp. It was amazing. But it was really hard at the same time because of weather, because of culture, so many so many things, you know. Yeah. And I ended up I ended up in Oklahoma of all places. <laughs> Super hot for yeah. <laughs> what it was for me, you know, bogotizing the sixties and then Oklahoma was in the hundreds wow. in the summer. Yeah, so it was really complicated. The cabins didn't have air conditioning, and I was sleeping with like ten little chickens. <laughs> talking about my my little kids, my campers. Yeah. Uh, I loved the experience. I guess I did a good job because uh, when summer was over, I went back down to Colombia, and then they sent me another invitation to come back and work for a longer experience. Yeah, uh, a longer period of time. Yeah. So they offered me an outdoor school program that was almost two years long. I had to apply for another visa, and it was given to me again. Then I came again. I met Andrea, who is my wife. Yeah. Um, When that visa expired, I went back to Colombia. Then I was like, okay, I need to continue working on my English, Come back to the U.S. I applied for a teaching uh, program. It's called VIF. I I don't know if you have heard of that. I have not. Oh, it's, a pro- it's like an exchange program too, but it's not really an exchange. Same <laughs> like a camp. <laughs> you yeah. come and they take you to, mainly at that time was Virginia and the Carolinas. Okay. To teach and for two years or five years. I got that. I was going to be sent to uh, North Carolina at that time. But then I got the opportunity to go to LaGrange. Okay. And I chose the masters over the job yeah and that's how i ended up here oh wow and the rest is his the, you know the rest is history yeah got married got more jobs and next that's one of the things that i feel like don't have i didn't have any control of my life <laughs> that happens and i didn't even realize how yeah that i stayed you yeah. know it was like it this might not sound um honest but it's true when i say that uh it wasn't my goal. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go and stay in the U.S. I, it, it was never, but it just happened. Yeah, you know, and that is how I ended up here.
0: Yeah, awesome. And you wrote you t- you're telling me before I didn't even realize this. You've written about some of this in a, in a book.
1: I did. Um, it is actually for sale on Amazon. Okay, <laughs> what's it called? But, uh, <laughs> but nobody knows that it's there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't done anything with it. It is called. Los Milagros de Dios. Okay. So the translation would be God's Miracles. It is in Spanish. Okay. I'm thinking about mm, translating it. So it was more to get it out of my system. Sure. You know, I it totally It wasn't really understand. To, to sell it or anything like that. It's a really short um, semi-biography, I guess. Uh, it talks about my beginnings, mainly that mostly that one year that I was at that boarding school
0: yeah you'll have to um send me send me a link and I'll put it on the show notes and then I, maybe we can get some people to check it out. I'll definitely check it out
1: oh okay yeah thank you yeah that's neat. if I translate it, I'll let you know for sure too yeah because um, as I said right now it's in Spanish right <laughs>
0: maybe my wife could read it to me she's pretty good at spanish, yeah that's right <laughs> that's right <laughs> um but i couldn't i couldn't even get her to read my book so i don't know if i'll be able to here
1: <laughs> it is hard with the family i think yeah uh i don't know what's um
0: what's and i know this this we could probably do a whole show on this but can can you share a little bit about um your perspective of colombia compared to maybe what's been out there in recent years especially with the the increase in stories about Pablo Escobar and that whole time period.
1: Okay. Going back to that time, um, I do believe that we are still suffering from that. Yeah. In, in many ways. Um, I think the level of corruption there is in the country, it's still connected to what happened back in the eighties and nineties with Pablo Escobar. Yeah. The, his corruption, his power, his dirty money permeated into power. More so than people can even imagine, we at this moment, I think we are having a, a government that is terrible for for the liberties of the people, yeah um unfortunately, back in the nineties i it's kind of sad because we live that war through the t v mm. in my own city, there were some cars that exploded oh, wow. and killed people and you know destroyed buildings. But I saw it on the TV. I didn't see it next to me. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. Any sense. Yeah. The city is big. I mean, this neighborhood, and then this happens in this other neighborhood, you still see it through the TV. So it's not really that real. Sure. If I may say. But uh, it did happen. I mean, cannot deny it. Is there... Uh, mainly Medellin and, and Bogota.
0: Is there truth to the side of sort of the whether it was misguided or not, the, the philanthropic side of the story of him sort of getting getting people on his side by his giving and his money. I mean, is that is there accuracy to that?
1: Oh, definitely. And I that's one of the practices that I think are still happening. You know, power mm-hmm. is just uh, luring people in for them to do whatever they want. And he did that for sure. Yeah. Again, I didn't see that happening. But... There are so many stories about that that it has to be true. Sure. Him flying over the slums in Medellin and throwing sacks of money wow. for people to collect and, you know, helping building. He even got into politics at one point. Right. Seeking that power. Um, so, yeah, it definitely happened. <laughs> yeah. Again, he. I, it is known that he was paying poor kids from poor neighborhoods to become hitmen and he was offering you know, like three hundred dollars for them to go and kill a police officer and wow. things like that. It did happen. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> okay, shifting gears. To, uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Edison. Um, yeah. You, you. Um, one of the things I know you mentioned your your uh, duck theory, but one of the things that um, <laughs> that well, I mean, just say this. I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but one of the things that I just really drew me to you was um your authenticity and your uh just Thank so so genuine. Moment. Uh <clears throat> you know there's a I'm I'm so glad that we've yeah. we've stayed in touch uh as, as best we can. Um but you know there's a few people right. that you know you meet along your your journey that you kind of you kind of wish you'd had a little more time with. Uh and and that's how that's right. how i feel about you i just the the Thank short you. time friendship that we had there at lagrange was likewise i really enjoyed that um but another thing that uh too. that i really enjoyed that 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 was so intriguing to me was was the sort of all the things that I, that you were doing you know the art uh, uh specifically um in fact I've, i don't know if you remember this but my wife had you um uh do a couple of paintings for me for gifts. Um, yeah. I've still got that. I've got one hanging in my office right now. Um, but can you talk about like, do you have a background in art? Do you, did you just pick it up and, <laughs> and figure it out? Because I feel like you describe music. That's how my son wants me to draw stuff for him all the time. <laughs> and I have to turn on YouTube and do the old, there's a, what is that website called? There's like a dad and his son who have a YouTube channel, like how to draw stuff
1: yeah and i have to i mean
0: i have to watch that and pause it and draw it again yeah you know how how'd you get started with your art and and you know what have you learned along the way as you've done that
1: okay yeah but before that i just want to say thank you so much because i do feel the same about your friendship thank you it's been great um being connected with you and thank you for being so generous about calling me authentic i don't know if that's true sure yeah (laughs) but um art it just came to me uh, naturally, I think. Um, I never took classes, unfortunately. There is one aspect in my childhood that thing, I think drew me um, towards drawing. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> drew me towards drawing. Um, I was uh, a sick child. My lungs did not work really well. Mm. I was believed to have asthma, but I don't think I did. I don't know. I just couldn't go out and run with the other kids. I just, you know, my lungs just didn't respond. I would be like, suffocated, couldn't breathe and stuff like that. Hey, Edison, 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 don't lose your train of
0: thought, but I want to ask you this, isn't there, I I could be wrong, but I feel like I stumbled upon a um, Facebook post of you racing one of your students several years ago. Is that true?
1: Racing my students?
0: Racing, like running.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I did. Okay. Okay. When you well, said I get, that, it made get, me think I'll, of that. I'll, I'll get to that point. <laughs> yeah, this happened uh, in Indiana where I taught for almost seven years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. raising Westie, and she was in the she was in the track and field or something like that. And you beat her, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, it, it comes back. It actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because it connects with what I'm telling you right okay. now. Okay. I couldn't run. I was not good at. Athletics you know i I couldn't, yeah, uh, as a child, I was always left out, you know, the kids soccer is like the main sport, it's the cheapest thing to do, so kids play soccer or used to play soccer uh in the streets uh in the yard, at school, everywhere, and they choose, you know, so there are two captains and they choose their players. And I, if I was lucky, I was chosen at the end. Right. Or I wouldn't be chosen at all (laughs) because they knew I wasn't good at it. Yeah. And that drew me into drawing. Mm. And that's how I spent my time. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning, talking to you today, that I do enjoy my solitude and I need to have it for periods of time. So it probably has to go back to my childhood. Um, Drawing also... You, I don't know if you believe this or not, but I was an extremely shy person okay. growing up until college times, I guess. And that's how kids connected with me. Uh, you know, education at the time was so different. The teacher would say, okay, make the map of Colombia. And you had to do it by hand, you know, oh, yes. wow. and, and I would do it really quickly. And then I had a pile of notebooks next to me because all the kids wanted me to make the drawing (laughs) because i was good at it and then i was like oh cool i'm making friends sure and my friends lasted as long as i made a drawing (laughs) and then i'll be alone again (laughs) it was really sad (laughs) you know i was used yeah um i could have become a misanthropist i think because of that (laughs) but um no i still like humans (laughs) um now that I started drawing. I kept drawing. I still do it. Um, it's a way for me to do my catharsis, to you know, um, to balance myself out. Um, I ex- I began to explore with acrylics, with oils, everything I can try. Um, but um, I have never been formal about it. I do enjoy watching documentaries and reading biographies about artists and looking at styles and models. I understand um the history of art but it's all empirical it's all you know me and these days it's so easy you know youtube is in there and that's how i spend a lot of time or reading books and things like that yeah now let me connect this to the racing and the running (laughs) i didn't play sports until almost three years ago i started playing tennis okay and apparently i'm really fast And I think what I'm trying to do is balancing out all those years that I didn't run. Right. I'm trying to make up for all that time. <laughs> so I actually can run, I guess. Yeah. Even now that I'm 45. Yeah. And I did raise that student. Was it, is <laughs> it, it was a video, right? Yeah, yeah. Is,
0: is this just like a classroom bet? How did that come about?
1: We were outside um, doing some... Um, activities it was actually spanish yeah. yeah and i planned some activities outside where they were supposed to race and things like that you know collect words and put sentences together and um it started as a joke i think people saying oh you should raise, blah and blah, blah. Uh, we agreed to that and then i <laughs> <it> was running <laughs> like forrest gump <laughs> oh yeah. man
0: um so i'm 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 fascinated i have a friend who um does paintings here and she uh she mostly does sort of coastal artwork you know um oh, like oysters yeah. and marshes and boats and stuff and it's it's incredible um to see she'll post um i guess like time-lapse videos so you can see like her paint the whole picture in you know 30 seconds or whatever it is yeah um and she's similar in that there's no uh, formal training um, so i'm fascinated I'm fascinated to see people who have who have just kind of taught themselves how to do that and I mean I'm sure there's some some natural gift too but who have taught themselves themselves how to do this art um, yeah so you're can you describe sort of the the art that you that you enjoy most or that you do, and I know that you've currently just started something called Simple by Fern. Can you yeah. can you talk about that a bit?
1: Yeah. Well, f- going back to my painting, because Simple by Fern is, is not painting. I'll get to that. Yeah. But um, when it comes to my painting, I do landscapes, and I am drawn to that, but then I hate it <laughs> for some reason. I don't like it. I think really? it's boring, yeah. but I think it's what people want to see, I think. Um, I do like to paint human figure and um I don't know how to explain this to you. They just I just stand in front of the canvas and then they appear there and then I try to paint them. That's amazing. So it's human like figures. I don't have a model for that. They are normally bold, they don't have a gender defined, they just appear in there. Yeah. But um they I are attractive. I'm sorry to interrupt Edison, I s- I yeah, saw, yeah, um
0: I- I saw a pe- a post I think that you made and you may not remember um, I can't describe it very well but it was like a a forest There was like trees and there was people kind of peeking out from behind the trees do you remember this Yeah 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 oh, I loved that it was amazing
1: You like that yeah. one well, I'm yeah. gonna have to give it to you. <laughs> no, no, it's no. large. It is great. Yeah. I, I, it, it's I,
0: in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm just I'm just so fascinated by that. keep going, I'm sorry.
1: That is called Nine. Okay. It actually has a name. I many times I don't even name them. It's called Nine because there are nine people mm. and um there is not a real explanation. What is great, there is a guy here in um in our neighborhood. He's the tennis pro and uh, he liked it a lot too, and then he was explaining it to me. And that I, I loved because he saw many things that I didn't see. Right. And he was asking me for explanations and I felt bad. I didn't have, <laughs> <laughs> the only explanation I had was that it was called nine. because yeah. There were nine creatures there and he was saying, why are they hiding? Why is this one out? Why is there this light coming down there? And it all came out naturally mm. without me thinking. So cool. So those are the kind of things that I like I like to do yeah. the most, that come naturally and freely to me. Yeah. Now, going back to Simple by Fern, uh, this might be a little arrogant, and I know it's a, it might be a little stupid, but I love watching Picasso, the few videos you can see mm-hmm. what he's drawing uh, online, you know. Yeah. these videos uh, there's actually a whole movie where he draws on this glass and you can see him on the other side and uh, when he, you see him drawing he makes a bull with nine strokes which is amazing wow um i have to send you the link and so you can see it yeah yeah the video is like 1 minute long he does make this bull in like 1 minute and 30 seconds eight strokes and then he draws the ground so nine strokes wow and I, i'm like Okay. Oh, there's another story. My parents-in-law. Uh, they have a Picasso print of a dove, and I remember going to visit them many years ago. Uh, I think Evan wasn't even born, my son. And my mother-in-law said, "See that?" And I never pay attention to that. That dove has this many strokes. It was like four strokes, I think, maybe five. And the idea came from that. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna beat Picasso." I'm going to make my drawings only using one stroke. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, you know, it was just a competition for myself. Who else cares about that? But me. And um, I've been making these simple by fern drawings where the goal is just to make one stroke, one line. So that fish has to come out of one line, that cat, that elephant, everything. Yeah. That mug of beer, only one stroke so I have fun with it and um, I have the videos on online on YouTube simple by Fern and people can go and see me in the process I actually made them on the on the iPad and I record the screen and I draw it it's not really edited I mean it is cut at the end it's kind of cropped, so people don't see the tools where the pen is and things like that but um it does happen in that amount of time that the video lasts, wow. which is 35 seconds to, to a minute yeah. or 25 seconds.
0: How long does it take you to get to get to that in, point?
1: To get to one stroke? Yeah, I mean, do, do you it, have to practice it all, it a while all to depend, get there? It, uh, yeah, in all honesty, uh, m- many of them, some of them don't. I, I do it twice and that's it. Yeah, But, for example, there's a tortoise. <clears throat> that one, eh, I didn't like the outcome. I didn't like the results. But interestingly enough, that's the hardest one that I have created. Well, I also created the Grand Canyon. I don't know if you Oh wow, that I out. haven't seen that one. Yeah. And it was a, it started with a joke. I have this friend right here, Randy. I said, Oh, why don't you make the Grand Canyon? <laughs> and I was like, Okay <laughs> And I made it. And that one took me some time practicing to to do it. But like the fish I can do it in one in one try. Yeah. Um, there are some that are easier. Yeah.
0: Just out of curiosity, um, are you selling these, or are, are you, yeah, are you making, yeah, or are you trying or attempting to make money off of your work? What is the?
1: Uh, that's the. That was the plan, or that is the plan. I created a Facebook page and I try to get my followers. I also built that YouTube channel, and I'm getting there. But um, I always have that problem, Brian. I want to create, but I don't want to do the idea of the business and the money, right. which is a problem, you know. Uh, I did contact the Modern Museum of Art, and I got a reply, and they want me to send an ex- a sample and things like that. Oh, cool. And yeah, yeah, it's It's really neat, but I haven't sold any yet. Okay. People say, oh, I want to have one, but n- n- nothing really materializes yeah. yet. And I just started doing this uh, like four weeks ago, maybe okay. three so it's new, still yeah. there. Uh, I created an Etsy uh, account also, where I have them in there. I have made the prototypes. I bought a machine to create my prototypes at home. So I have made some for myself and for my family. This
0: is of clothing, is that right?
1: It, it's t shirts. Okay. Yes. Got it. So I, the idea is that people watch the video and then they have it on their shirts. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because they see the process of the creation, sure. But then they have it on, on, on the T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's more or less the process, and and that's what I want that to become. We'll see how far I, I, I take it. Yeah. It's all on me. I know. Yeah. Um, I just don't think I'm good at selling.
0: I, you know, I feel. I I, I feel the same way. Uh, Not that I'm not do anything as creative as you are, but in Uh, many, many of my pursuits. And I don't know if this is right or wrong, but for me, I've had to, I've had to back off of that perspective a little bit only because I can get so caught up in that, that it can hurt my creating, you know, I can get so caught up and worried about, well, you know, what's going to be at the end of this, you know, is it going to be worth, worth my effort in terms of the financial side? And if I do that too much, I won't, I won't create which leads me to my my I guess real question is one of the themes that I've uh, learned on this show, Edison, and talking with, and I've sort of I guess sort of accidentally talked to a lot of creative people, um, and all in different ways, right? So comedian and an artist and an author and a yoga instructor, but everyone's creating. Yeah. But the theme that I've <clears throat> really uh, heard over and over again is just this desire to create and it's not attached to anything. People are just creating because it's who they are. It, do you find that true for you? How do you balance this man? I would like for more people to consume what I'm creating versus I need to create, you know, almost as much as I need to breathe. It's just, it's just part of who I am. how do you, right. what What kind of balance do you find between those two?
1: I do think that That creation comes from boredom. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. Like, okay, what do I have to do? Do I have to sit and watch another show? Right. Or I'm going to create something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like maybe it's this uh, uh, desperation that life is so short that you have to do something. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. You know, it could could be that. It could also be that. I, I wish I had an answer for that because... Uh, lately, I've been thinking it might be actually an issue yeah. that you create and then you find going nowhere. You find yourself going nowhere, just like what you mentioned a few minutes ago. You're like, where am I really going with this? But I do enjoy the creation, and that's important too. Yeah, I,
0: I, you know? I, yeah. I, I've had to, and I'm. I mean, I've, I've learned it, but I, I've, and I'm learning it, I should say. But I've had to remind myself that. I get I get so much energy when we get off this phone call this or this chat. I'll be juiced up for the rest of the day because I just is I just enjoy this so much just this part and to I, me this I is,
1: can I can tell that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing it's so cool this
0: is just this is part of me creating you know, and then I get to share yes. your story with other people and I enjoy that I I've just had to be very deliberate because I I can get to the other end of the spectrum so quickly in. It's, and I don't, I don't feel like it's about greed uh, on the money side, but wanting it to be, I don't know, validated, wanting to be able to do it more. And in order to do do it more, I would need, I need to make some money off of it. And, um, yeah, but I've had to focus on the creation to just sort of stay Mm -hmm. in perspective.
1: Yes. But, uh, you are definitely doing the right thing. I think the listeners can tell that you're enjoying it just like we the guest the lucky guest this flows i gotta tell you i was a little nervous because i consider myself not a good chatter i'm not good at talking rather quiet i think but you just make it flow so thank you for that you're good i'm
0: glad you enjoyed yeah. it i again one of the things man i just i just enjoyed um our conversation so much at lagrange and uh
1: Yeah, it was fun. It was fun times. I wish we had... See, and that's a problem, Brian, that... um, And that's one other thing that maybe you and I may have in common is we don't want to regret. Right. We don't want to say many times, everybody does, and we don't want to say many times, I wish I did. Sure. Like right now, I wish we probably had more coffee and, you know, had more conversations. Yes. But life is busy and gets you busy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So... So, um, as we wrap up, Edison, where yeah. where are some of the places that people could connect with you um, in your art and, and your story?
1: Okay. Um, my I have a website with uh, models for my T-shirts. Okay. It's called simplebyfern.com. Okay. So, that's my website. Uh, I'm For some reason, I really enjoy when people see my videos on YouTube, and that's what I like the most. And that's funny because it's not making money out of that, and it is simple by fern. It has to be all together for you to be able to find it. Okay, um, that's the other place, and you can just find me on on Facebook. Do you on have a website, Simple by Fern? Yeah, we'll put those in the yeah. show notes. Uh, uh, I have Twitter, and but I don't use that that much.
0: Do you have a place for uh, anybody to see your paintings online?
1: Um, it'll be. That will be my name, okay. EdisonFernandez.com. Okay. Yeah, let me check it out really quickly if it's still up. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah.
0: Well, Edison, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to share uh, about your, your story, how you got to where you are now, and uh, sharing us with about your artistic process. And, um, again, it's it's been a, a pleasure to... To have your friendship over these years and, and thank you for taking the time to sit with me on the show
1: Brian the pleasure has been absolutely mine thank you so much for having me um, for making this conversation so uh, joyous and, and joyful thank you I think I just created an adjective <laughs> <It's> joyful <laughs> that's what happens when it's not your language <laughs> thank you for bearing with me sure I hope to talk to you soon yeah,
0: talk to you next time
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for another session of Extraordinary Joe's with special guest Edison Fernandez. Please check out Edison's art by following the links in the show notes. And I will look forward to talking to you next time on Extraordinary Joe's.